welcome to the fifth episode of the Hustle Sanctuary. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, and today's guest is the wonderful Aaron Abelman. Welcome, welcome. Word. Welcome. Peace and blessings. Thank you for being here all the way from the Bay, right? Well, how was the drive? How was the, how was the travel journey? I'm a road warrior. I'm, I'm all, all over the place these days. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always a, an adventure traversing the, the streets of California. Yeah, but it's, it's better than traversing the streets of like, you know, some other places like Topeka, Kansas or something. We got a little bit more scenery here. It's kind of beautiful, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, or It's less like a chore and more like a luxury. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you have, if you have a, a, a vision of where you're going and a good internal GPS... Absolutely, and you're not riding a Greyhound because I don't think it's fun. I've done, fun I've done, gra- I've done planes, trains, and automobiles, <laughs> and bicycles, all of it. You know, <laughs> you got your Steve Martin on, basically, is what you're saying. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so essentially, you know, this is a newer podcast, and you know, I just explained to you before we started recording what the gist of this thing is, and the mission is to have people on to kind of give, you know, everybody sees like the other side of the, the hustle, you know, where it's shiny and glossy and, and I like getting into sort of the nitty gritty of it, right? And pulling back the curtain and um, almost like humanizing it, right? Like lots of twists and turns and um, I want to get that out there for people, man. And I think it'd be like cathartic for the person sharing too, or it has been cathartic for the people that share. So, um, you know... Tell me a little bit about, you know, let's bring it like way back for a second. Like when you were like just this, you know, like little Aaron. (laughs) Um, When did you know that, you know, you wanted to be an artist and start performing and stuff? Like when did that sort of sink in for you? Mm. Well, my my story is, is long and complex and also just very simple and in many ways. Um... I was I was actually born and raised on a small farm in the central coast, Goleta Valley, Santa Barbara County, California. And the 12-acre piece of land that I grew up on informed everything. I mean, it was it was sort of like I was looking at the universe through a uh, you know, through a a, a, a peach tree. Mm. And Growing up, you know, being that connected to nature and being that fortunate to uh, be connected to the elements like that, you know, to have these seasonal rituals, um, to have my, you know, my father's, my, my fa- father's entire livelihood depended on the weather mm. and the soil and um you know the the relationship with with the land and and the elements and so the natural world was was profound for me um and i didn't necessarily know the extent of that um my mom is a public health care nurse and has been working um serving you know everyday folks in the medical world and i guess i was about 
maybe about seven years old when we went to Central America together for a couple months um, to Nicaragua at the end of the 22 years of civil war there. And uh, my eyes were really opened in terms of the disparities and the impacts of war. And the How old were you at this point? I was just turned, well, I turned eight, mm. I believe. Yeah, it was um, a formative moment for me. And I, and I recognized not only something in myself, but also in what, you know, what the world was reflecting back to me. You know, my, my mom and I shared this like military cot at a friend's house wow. in Managua, the capital, and took the bus to the orphanage every day. And anyway, through that whole journey, um, it was like everything, all the, the privileges that I had ever experienced were stripped away and I was just left bare with, um, you know, some of the realities of the world. And what I found was compassion and love and resilience and just like a basic humanity in the midst of all that. Like my homies at the orphanage, we would romp into the jungle and create theater games and, you know, race to the to the TV cartoon in the afternoon and watch the um, whatever cartoon was on in the you know, in this like busted <laughs> thatched house, you know. And what I realized though was through that whole process um, was the world that I was inhabiting was very much how much um, I could communicate and connect with it. And for me, um, I was just blown away by being able to um, feel at times so connected and at other times so isolated. And, mm. I, and I started to study that. Um, what? So when I came back, you know, I, it was like... Go more into that shift, though, the connected versus isolated. What was the difference maker in, you know, what put you on one path and what put you on another, I guess I'm trying to... Yeah, well, art actually means connection in many ways to me. Um, and I've heard that, I've heard it defined that in that way, uh, even etymologically in terms of the word art. Um, the power of connection is something that I believe is a, is a healing for the human heart and it's, it's what we all want and yearn for and yet we've, mm. you know, we've been sort of brought up in these societies of, of isolation and distinction and, you know, black, white, rich, poor, all the segmentations, divisions, ethnic, gender, all of it. Um, and how that plays out, you know, we know, yeah. but on a personal level, talking... you know, for me, it was just like, wow, this is, this is what I want to, I want to feel connected to the world. Mm -hmm. And the thing that, that connected me was actually play, creativity, nature. So art um, equals connection. Yeah. That was right. just a simple I don't even I don't even know if 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 I recognized that in any verbal way, but it was just always there for me. Mm -hmm. um, but the other big thing is I didn't even know I was an artist 
until much later in my life. I was actually, uh, you know, I was a sports star and was, um, you know, went off to college to play college sports. Was there, and, was there ego involved in that at all? Like, did you wrestle? Because I know it's like very competitive and I'm better than you. And that to me is kind of goes against connection in a way. That's it. You know, it's not like... It's bring, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the sports culture is complex, but for, yeah. for boys, yeah. Yeah. it's the first place where we learn how to work together. And yeah. if we don't work together, then we're going to lose the game. Right. So... There's yeah, there are there is ego. There is I I'm you know I'm, I'm gonna be the best. Than, I'm gonna be yeah, the best yeah, out there. Yeah. But could you also be the best out there in in supporting your team and winning? What drove me was more the those collective moments of triumph. It, it wasn't as much. I mean, I loved scoring the goals. I loved you know um, getting the trophy mm-hmm. and. All of the 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 ego components of what it means, you know, to be male in this society. By and large, men seem to be driven by ego. Um, I think your accomplishments, you know, d- determine your identity. The way we've set it up, right? You yeah. know, the trophies and the yeah, we were number one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and the, you know the winners write history. You know, yeah. so that plays out into yeah. our military. It plays out into our empires, and it plays out through you know these large but it, macro but it's, macro worlds. But the you know the, um, the the shadow side to that is all right. Now we're not feeling like we're good enough. Like we don't matter. We're not. You know what I mean? Right. Because not everybody could be LeBron. Exactly. So if you're not LeBron, does that mean you don't exist? It's like. That's yeah, not sa- cool. I mean, sadly, <laughs> sadly, we've we've marginalized yeah. pretty much anyone that isn't uh, doesn't look the part, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't um, play the game in the right way. Yeah, um, to use that metaphor, but I think it, it is interesting and just following this organic thread of my life, which is, um, and I'll just come back for a second to say that. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I've ever followed or played necessarily the rules of the game. Uh, I understand them, um, but my my inspiration and I think my soul's code, my my journey as a spiritual being living a human life, mm-hmm. um, has been very much. I want to experience everything, mm. and I want to experience all of the fullness of what life has to show, and so that. You know, that's sometimes sometimes that's meant the spotlight in front of hundreds, you know, hundreds, thousands of people, whatever, um, you know, or scoring the the winning goals or, you know, whatever particular discipline I've been focused on. Sometimes that's been um, about this ego side of myself and other times it's been this complete selfless journey of service where I could you know, I care more about not stepping on a ladybug in the garden than I do about getting my name in the paper, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and that's really, I, I think that's, that's where I'm moving. To. I'm, I'm really in this, this interesting uh, process right now where I, um, over the course of the last 10 years since I was in India, um, for almost a year, I really 
came to a whole different sense of of who I am and uh, and I just think, defining what does it mean to to you know to be me. Let, uh, let's dig into that for a second. Um, you know. Uh, the the uh, uh, obligatory uh, trip to India and like what spiritual <laughs> revelations come from that, right? Um, you know, uh, can and it you can take happen us- anywhere. You know, it just happens to be that India <laughs> India is a is a destination and a, a sort of pilgrimage for a lot. Absolutely, of people. yeah, yeah. Um, just the energy there is really conducive, right? To to peeling back the onion layers and stuff, right? So, can you take us through um, a couple of revelations, you know, that sort of came out of that experience for you. First of all, how long did you live there? I was there for about seven and a half months, I suppose. Yeah, it felt like forever. Oh my god, time moves lit- much slower there, basically. Yeah, right? it was yeah. such an incredible yeah. experience too. I really was destroyed and recreated in in many ways. Love that. Um, the, there's an old fable, sort of a myth, I guess. It's, it's, it's part of the creation story of the, the gods of the gods and goddesses of India, you know, so vast, every religion is present there. And, um, but in the Hindu tradition, um, Vishnu, um, actually, excuse me, Brahma is the creator. Vishnu is the sustainer. Mm. and Shiva is the destroyer. And mm. so each of these three aspects of the universe mm. are what make up the circle, cycle of life that we know. Wow. Um, and so that, that to me was one of many Wait, sort of proverbial stories. On that note, like, you know, destroyer has generally a negative connotation to it, but it doesn't have to be negative necessarily because you could be destroying an old version of yourself to move into right uh, you have a to. greater version of you yourself have to. so it's like yeah yeah and and it, it has to be that way yeah you know the the seed it's seed pod that for the new life to bust through it actually has to to die to its mm. own self in order to grow something. Caterpillar, butterfly thing, new, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we see that all over in yeah. every situation. And yet, you know, in the West, we have this utter hatred and fear of I feel death. Like people turn, people, well, people are turn, so completely well, people turn, you know, when, they're, when we're going through these growth spurts, right? Because that's what we're doing here, I think. And people turn to drugs, alcohol. They just want to run away mm-hmm. from, like, those growth spurts, right? But I think that those are actually designed to, they're actually like a blessing in a way and in and, and kind of a, a rough packaging. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's so important that we honor those cycles. You know, I've, I'm an entrepreneur and I've co-founded now two companies and um, the, the company that that has been most prominent and my total focus is over the last five years has been balance inc and we do educational entertainment uh ed, and and technology for for kids and families what's so exciting though is that we're also a b core so a benefit corporation has that triple bottom line of people profit and planet 
So social, environmental, and financial, all mm. measured mm. Uh, at a, in a very, very intense and specific way annually. Um, and what that does is it actually holds some accountability for the impacts and some responsibility because we do need to honor the grievance of having filled up the ocean with with plastic mm -hmm. and having you know um, destroyed so much in the name of oh, the coral uh, reefs know. are like disappearing. Yeah, and, and it's like and it's basically only a couple thousand people that have really benefited. You know, by and large, there's more. You know, there's more people that are suffering, and that's why that's why a Bernie Sanders is so important. You know, it's not just Bernie. It's a, it's the you know, the movement that's birthed Bernie. And thank, thank goodness, um, because, yeah, I, I, do, I do really feel like we're on the precipice uh, and change is going to happen one way or the other. So we got, you know, either going to be on the, on the side of sustaining life mm -hmm. or um, completely obliterating it for something new, you know, and if humanity goes with the with the rest of these species then you know that might be the price that we have to pay mm. ultimately um, but india really opened my eyes to celebrating that full cycle and looking at it honestly in a way that wasn't um that that wasn't bypassing and you know people talk about spiritual bypassing like oh well everything's all one and that, that there's a bypassing of the suffering of the world. But I actually believe that, that there's many forms of bypassing. Interesting. Like, you know, you can, you can bypass suffering in the name of money. You can bypass someone else's suffering in the name of this, that, and the next thing. You know, mm -hmm. sex, drugs, yeah. all of it. You know, there's many forms of bypass And spiritual bypassing, yeah, we need to watch that too because... We're, you know, we're in a yes. world where a lot of, you know, a lot of white folks still are not willing to fight for racial justice yeah. because we're so blinded by our privilege. Yeah. And India, amongst many other countries around the world, I think, um, you know, it it does take a compassionate and courageous heart to really look at those things. And a lot of people just want to sit at the TV and keep turning the channel um, and stay in that cycle, but uh, that cycle of, of illusion and ignorance. But I think that, you know, the times for, for just standing by are, are sort of gone. Um, but I think there's a huge population of people that are what you said you know flipping the channels reality tv like you know oh, yeah. just checked uh, out basically and, and and what do you what do you think the you know way forward is for that demographic right like what comes to mind there <clears throat> well i think we need to we need to love them as they are anyway mm. we're not going to change anyone else other than how we might see them. I used to do a lot of, of uh, street performance. You know, I would perform as 
um, Charlie Chaplin on top of a, uh, a television and nice. put a remote out and ki- kids were the ones that stopped and that's what I recognized they they would stop pull their parents stop and they would form the crowd mm. and then they would grab the this wooden remote that I had drawn the, the channels on you know they would start and stop they you? would they would <laughs> yeah they would start and stop me and change the channel and different channels were were listed that and I was you know I would perform these but what I re- what I recognized in that was the willingness to number one uh, be a public fool, um, and and number two the the medicine of that, uh, and then I guess number three was even though you're walking by me, I've put all this work into creating an act and to putting together this phenomenal. Presentation. Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't just and, like a and folks are just thing. walking by yeah. nonstop, like on their phones or whatever, you know. And I just for a while I would get demoralized. I mean, it took me probably a couple months of just I would just feel depressed when they mm. would walk by, and some days I wouldn't get a crowd. Mm. But then out of nowhere. Some little kid or some something, and boom! There's 300 people yeah. just surrounding in a giant circle around me yeah. in this ecstatic laughter. Yeah. You know. See, this is yeah, this is uh, the heart and blood of what this podcast is about, man. The hustle sanctuary, right? right? Well, it's, it's not, not always pretty. It's you know? not always pretty, right? It's not always. It doesn't you know, come with a bow on it like the man. the media might want to portray. There's just so much up and down, and yeah, the the courage, you know, like like this Winston Churchill quote is is pretty pretty great, and it's like, success is not final, failure is not fatal. Mm. It's the courage to continue that counts. And that's really the truth, man. And, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much just across the board, you know, no matter what the accolades yeah. achieved are, yeah. you know, exactly. it's like, yeah. It doesn't, it actually doesn't as much matter ultimately what the accolades or even, you know, how much or how big of a thing you were. That that's what I've realized. For me, what matters is. But that's what's that, portrayed. I just right. want to like be clear on. Oh that. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's of course that's the yeah. dominant story. So we all right. know that story. Right. But what I'm saying is, there's a story behind that story. Yeah. That God always loves you. Yeah. Wow. That like you are spirit enough. is always yeah, yeah, yeah. there for you. Yes. That I am yes. always witnessed by myself, which yeah. is ultimately the only thing that matters. Because at the end of the day, who are you really sleeping with? It's true, man. It's you. That's you true. know, you might have the most beautiful woman in the world, but you if you're not happy with yourself, yeah, you know. You can have all the money, you can have this relationship. And, so that's what that's really my mission. Meaningless. That's my mission every day is to find peace and yeah. and find a sense of uh, and it's a practice because it's not always like I'm always loving myself. But we're geared, I mean to further that, just I feel like we're geared to look externally first, like, yeah. you know, for our happiness, period. And the wild thing is, man, is when you're able to just go within and create those shifts, your external just reflects your internal. Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's absolutely true. I mean, we are literally each one of us walking around as miracles, thinking that we have to, like you said, 
always looking outside. What are a couple endeavors that you're currently right in pursuit of? Mm-hmm. And talk to us a little bit about um, maybe like a setback that was really like a blessing in disguise for you. Let's see, like let's let's jump there next. Yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, two parts, um, and and I think that there's a great quote that I often cite by Joseph Campbell that says, where you stumble is where your treasure lies. So the failures that I've experienced, the trespasses that I've experienced, the challenges that I've experienced, all that stuff, and a lot of the stuff we're just talking about. But wait a second here. Let's go like- That has catalyzed my work in the world and has informed um, this next phase of where I'm going. But all that was very ethereal still. It's a good point, but like, let's go specific. Like, give us a timeline. Give us specifics. So, right now, I'm I'm working on a really exciting venture, which is a a show called Humanity, and it's featuring all these incredible voices for humanitarian causes around the world. It's sort of like uh, inside the actor's studio meets Anthony Bourdain about the humanitarian struggle on on the planet. And it's Great. all it's all done through through music, comedy, theater, games. Like a humanitarian Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. That's very dope. And the notion is that there are these stories of unsung heroes around the world that are not actually, um, they're not necessarily, I mean, I feel like the blessing of, of YouTube and all social media is that it's given everyone a voice. Um, but what I want this show to do is to really lift up these, these incredible um, powerful leaders. These Highlight uns- them, right? Yeah. yeah, and to do it to do that in a in a performance aesthetic, in a in a particular way that you know that that's what I do. You know, I'm been in front of about a hundred fifty thousand kids across the world over the course of the last six months in schools, children's hospitals. United Nations events, you know, all the, you know, the full gambit theaters. Um, and in these live environments, what I love is doing a pop music show, but it's all about, you know, um, water and food and climate and, you know, how you're feeling. Mm. And what's going on in your in your heart after you know like um, really looking at these core human issues that we're dealing with as a species, but doing that through the pure joy of creativity and and um, and the power of music. What are you hoping your audience gets from this? I want them to feel their own humanity. I want to, them to feel feel a new sense like. To, to feel their their human connection in a way that they've never felt before. I want them to say, wow, 
humans are so awkwardly amazing and so incredibly powerful when we channel our gifts in a positive direction and that would be a you know a very successful transformation in you know and an invitation for people to participate um, and and a lot of the the themes will be approached as well through um through childhood look so these stories that people are bringing up are actually going to be digging into their early years so that that again that all ties together with everything we just talked about right it all comes full circle now if donald trump wanted to be on your show would you have him on Serious yeah question. no i would I, I mean i said yeah no <laughs> yeah no <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no. Only if the he, guy with the, the free hugs is there as well. Uh, he there needs you to go. be like in the wings, dude. Exactly. As my pinch hitter in case I lose that forgiveness. In case I lose that compassion. I'm going to be like, Just hey, tag out. yo, tag out. <laughs> Come on. Can you help me out, please? It's a really interesting question. I do want to open up the show to anyone. I, I think that it's an invitation for... No, you know, no matter who you are, I mean, I especially want to feature these incredible humanitarian artists that are out there because I don't, I don't think a lot of them get much shine. They definitely don't in the mainstream. Prince had to hide it. I mean, that was because of his. Wait, his, Prince EA? No, Prince. Oh, Prince. 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 Okay, Prince. Yeah. Prince. The one that basically funded half of the revolution. That dude has been behind so much. That we don't even know about. Really? Yeah. Like what? Like bailing out Lauren. I mean, well, no. When Lauren Hill went to jail, he got her. He took care of her family. Really? When he he funded you know all these incredible organizations. Um, he's been like been there for so many people that because he was uh, his faith as a Jehovah Witness. Yeah. He's not allowed to be public about any of his his humanitarian services but i think that was a disservice that is a disservice in some ways because we need these heroes that are getting all this airtime you know i would love it if usher Usher would step up yeah i mean the the dude's made it a hundred times over right so you know, and I, I think a lot of them do charity, quote unquote. But if it's just charity where you just come to a, like a, a, a one event a year and, you know, give up $500,000, like. Dude, wait a second. I just looked this up, right? Yeah, Prince helped Lauren Hill and her children when she got into trouble, but he was unable to discuss his humanitarian acts because of his faith. That's right. Yeah. Why wouldn't they encourage that? Like, I think people need to hear that it's That's cool to saying. be humanitarian. Like, it's well, cool to there, be benevolent. I there, don't understand. There is a, there is. We glamorize ego and 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 kind. Of, you know what I mean? That's right. glamorized, but this isn't. That's backwards. To me, I agree yeah. with you. I don't know if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but there was an episode where like <laughs> yeah, Larry David it was great, man. Like Larry David and Ted Danson both donated money to this environmental group right and they got their own wings uh at, at the center right oh, okay. and like and like Ted, uh larry david when he donated his they put up the larry david wing and then the other wing was just anonymous 
donated by Anonymous. It didn't say the person's name, but it was Ted Danson. Okay. So like people started to shun Larry David, you know what I mean? In the episode because they're like, you just did it because you wanted your name on the thing. And and then when they found out through the grapevine that Ted Danson was anonymous, they were like praising him. Like mm. they were all like, don't say anything, but you know, it was Ted Danson and like, and so Larry sort of flipped that on its side. It was pretty interesting because Larry's like, well, dude, somebody could just donate as anonymous and then tell people. And it's like, do you understand? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's like they're doing it for sort of the ego play. That's the, that's the, dis- the, the distinction for me is, is are you intending? What's your intention? You know, are, are you, you doing it for the adoration? Are you, for the ador- <laughs> are you actually doing it to serve? Right. Which, you know, um, is definitely a question that I'd like to approach in the show too. You know, I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to talk about that. You know, I think that's important, and and I think that it's okay to have a little bit of, yeah. Hey, I gave to a, I gave to a good thing. It's gonna make you feel good. You know, you know. What a better thing to be proud of. Life. Yeah. Like yeah. I helped somebody out. I helped a whole bunch of people out. Yeah, so I don't know that there's ego. I, when is there ego in it? Like when to you? When does that become? I don't know, uh, shadow. Mm. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think it necessarily, yeah, I guess, I don't know if it's necessarily like a, a black or white thing for me, but it's it's just the, the, the energy around it and the intention around it that, you know, we're not just patting ourselves on the back. Yeah that we're actually or, or seeking maybe, to really make maybe a difference. It's, maybe it's being congruent, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is dating myself a little bit, but the movie New Jack City, remember that? Oh, With yeah. Wesley Snipes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, the, the drug kingpin in that, Nino Brown, would, like, you know, spend all this money on turkeys, and he would, like, feed oh the God. homeless, but yet he was, like, selling more dope than anybody. And it's like, there are people like that who are, like, doing these crooked things, and then they'll do charity or something that's, I don't know, maybe that's the shadow side that, of it that's right? a good I don't point know. yeah that's a good yeah. good good distinction because <laughs> you're not just gonna offset or appease your your conscience you know if you're destroying the amazon right you know in one in one hand and then planting a couple of trees over here and then throwing yourself a giant media ball, you know, it's like that. I mean, that no, to me is like it's the, bizarre. No, the I'm glad. That, I'm glad that we're on this note, man, because there's so much absurdity to unpack here. Because even Philip Morris, right, pollution and cancer, <laughs> all that shit, like they're they're putting up a ton of money for like smoking cessation groups and like it. No what? joke. Did you know this? Yeah. So I was like, that's really bizarre to me you know i've been working with this company in forest nation forest nation in uh barcelona and actually uk spain both they're they're an incredible company and they're looking at really innovative products for the marketplace around tree planting and reforestation and one of the things we've talked about is there would never have been a marketplace for them in the ways that there is now if climate change weren't such a major issue right. I mean, the fact the fact is like the un actually they're in, um they're basically like the halliburton on the on the good guy side basically right 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, you need, I mean, you I need guess that's one way. <laughs> it's like, that's I a mean, twisted way of looking at it. But. but no, but I thought of that, you know, it's like Halliburton needed war to like, you know, reinvigorate itself. You know, this company is doing great work and it needs these, you know, kind of, you know, uh, murky circumstances in order to kick in. And, and I, and and it's true we always need more trees on this planet we always yeah, need more yeah, plants yeah, yeah. no they're that that's they're, the number one way of getting carbon and, out of the atmosphere and bees man i'm, I'm hearing more and more about bees and how like bees and plants have a, they have are. a symbiotic relationship yeah. yeah yeah um okay but also one of the things we we needed to touch on this episode too is the uh the children's book right yeah that's important because i just went number one on amazon yeah on a children's yeah so congratulations thank you thank you pachas pajamas it's a story written by nature about a little kid named pacha who's kind of struggling in her waking life and actually (laughs) finds these these incredible pajamas they're given as a gift by her family and um they transport her at night on these epic adventures these magical adventures ultimately um it's about herself going you know inside for the answers in her dreams which are of the psyche right so she's going into these dream adventures with with the characters off of her pjs this magical world and whatever lessons she's learning in her dreams, she has to bring back to the waking world. And that, to me, is such a powerful story that kids need to hear right now. It's like you have within you, in your dreams, the, these profound gifts to share with the world. You're, you are really the answer, in a sense, um, to what you're looking for. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. It's great to like, you know, ingrain that early, obviously, the earlier, the better. And, um, you know, this next generation, man, has so many resources and so much more than, you know, when we were kids, right? So I think it's important for us to, um, you know, to set them up for success and to make a, a, a great impact on the planet in a good way and so thank you for the work that you're doing what prompted that um i think would be interesting for people to know like you know the the, the pajama adventures man (laughs) right um it's an interesting question i i um was really fortunate to have a my little brother was born have two younger brothers um and the youngest one um actually i became kind of like the the storyteller of the family to keep him entertained before bedtime and you know i would always ask him you know does he want a silly a silly story or what was the other option? Silly story or scary. an awesome story? Oh, no scary. Well, <laughs> they both had elements of, of, of like drama and yeah. fear. And yeah. like there was always a villain and yeah. all of that, you know. But it was like awesome or silly. And he would often choose, you- choose the, the silly stories. But one time he actually chose an awesome story. And I was just kind of riffing off... Um, you know the magic and love it 
that and and it came out that it was actually originally it was this kid has a dream about all the plants and animals of the world throwing a giant concert mm. uh, excuse me not a not a concert that's what it's become the first story in the pacha series is that all the plants and animals of the world throw a huge nature festival wow. and no humans are invited it's awesome um, so the black eyed peas are real peas the sun and moon are the spotlights and you know it's awesome, this magical man. world the beetles are an insect band etc but in the first version of it was actually a, uh, it was a joke telling competition yeah. um, in nature and the turtle was the judge Who? along with Basically, Who like was on the mic telling jokes, like all a the, rabbit. Or so like, it was, you know? it was all these, you know, anyone that wanted to to it tell. It could a be joke. like a piece of broccoli. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, anything. I mean, you know, I I was mostly doing like you know birds and big cats, you know, because right. that's what he was fascinated by. But I also had a had a uh, series of judges judging the competition, mm-hmm. and the turtle was one of them, and the turtle didn't get any of the. Ju- any of the jokes until the very end so it was like this failed joke telling competition that was completely destructive um but but he he loved it and then i started telling it you know at different schools and but this was again this was it. this was at first just a riff it was it was an oral story that, no but you didn't like spend time writing this direction down this just sort of came yeah through you, that's right? how yeah. that's how i mostly that's great I, mostly i mean that's you know I'm, I'm do you meditate by the way i do yeah. did you meditate regularly when this came about because i just feel like meditation sort of clears the channel for yeah. us to just receive yeah information that's that's a you great know? it's yeah. a great question <laughs> and i think meditation has absolutely changed my life um and yeah i've been meditating for really a long time in different ways it's not always just sitting down and like the cross-legged thing you know um but yeah i think that 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 was something that did come out of my inner world and was was channeled you know from that that honest place it's a you know so then you just started running with this you're saying so now and then you start yeah. So take us through, you know, what happened from there. You're like, well, I, yeah. really, I really got something here and I should make this more formal and find a bigger platform for it. Is that what happened? Yeah, I started performing it um, everywhere I could and was just trialing different stories. This was one of a number of stories that I put on the TV channels. Um, so I would perform dip- the TV channel. So when I would perform on top of a television or sometimes inside a giant television and I would put a remote out. I don't know if you remember earlier, I was talking about um, With the Charlie dressing Chaplin, up as Charlie. Charlie yeah. um, other times, I would just be this sort of nebulous clown inside a, a giant television and put a remote out and people would come and they would, you know, oh, I want to, you know, they would put on a different different story and they would play different stories and I would channel these different but stories. How do you act out, you know, that that where the uh, the turtle is the judge and somebody's telling how do you act all that out as one person it's, it's a can you yeah I mean I yeah. you know I well, I can do about I can see why you're I can so, do about 60 
70 different voices. I can see why you're so bummed, man. It, like people kept walking by. This is like magic right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I was a big student of, of Robin Williams and also the, the theater of improv out of the UK. And mm. I studied with a Stanford theater buff who really inspired me that, you know, um, and I was also voraciously reading literary texts and scripts and was you know fascinated by the power of story in an oral environment um and the type of captivation that would happen especially when put to music Mm. that was unstoppable literally like like um just saw such incredible transformations um, in in my audiences and especially amongst kids, so I started getting invited more and more to different events, and then it just started to snowball to the point where I finally said, "Wow, I, maybe I should write down some of these," you know. And I wrote down one of them that at, at obviously... the time was Pachamama's pajamas, and then I met a you know I met a, someone else, actually uh, this engineer from Stanford who said, "Hey, I want to invest in this." And over the last five years, we've become business partners. And he's, that's a beautiful story. He actually, you know, that's great. Has been a, a creative collaborator in in, in major ways. It's We're going to solve every issue that we've yeah. ever had. Yeah. If we can combine, a, a you know, new radical uh, cultural ways of learning with you know making a difference in the world, and that you know that's a lot of of what I do in many different ways with the different brands that I'm creating and different shows. Uh, but I think it's, it's a really exciting time. So, so you, you know, you're juggling, it sounds like at least maybe like, I don't know, five to seven things maybe. I don't know how that ballpark is, but regardless, it doesn't have to be an exact number. You're, you're doing multiple things. And is it like each thing is kind of like a kid and it's like, is it hard to pick the favorite kid? Like, you know, is there... Prioritization is key and and having a, a clear, organized mind map, uh, yeah. project mapping, and also a relationship map as well. What's, what's the top project right now? Well, um, humanity... TV I'm shows. Uh, it's the show. Yeah, it's this, the TV this, show. Why? Why I I've really chosen to focus. I mean, obviously, Pachas Pajamas is and continues to grow. Um, but there's a whole team that's built now around that, and you know, we, we're looking at greater, you know, marketing and and sales strategies. But from a creative standpoint the blueprint is there, mm. which is okay for me to, you know, and, and I still have, you know, I, I'm still doing business development and some, some larger sales opportunities for, for that brand. But for, for this new show, uh, what I'm so excited about is that it's, a, it's a, a platform and a space and a theater for me to channel all these different incredible stories and and networks of people and projects that I'm connected to I'm able I'm able to put those into one place and I think that it's going to help 
streamline uh, it almost streamline right? it yeah. exactly and amplify my voice and and help me get you know Greater get my message out there right? yeah exactly yeah, that's great um and then a staple question on the hustle sanctuary has been you know what advice would you give to your 18 year old self <laughs> <laughs> oh wow 18 Be, you know, be be patient. Have epic tons of fun, and just love love the world, mm. love it all. You know, that's been great, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity to share. It's definitely been a an adventure, a little bit of a roller coaster, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm hoping this uh, this gets out there and, and basically just gives people sort of insight into, you know, it's okay to encounter setbacks and to keep going. That's just part of the dance, right? And um, for socials, you know, we throw out a couple socials for people to like check you out on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely just look up Aaron Abelman everywhere. Um, Do you use Instagram mostly? Uh -huh, yeah. What's that? Do you have that Aaron one? Abelman. It's, uh, yeah, on Instagram. Um, a lot of the... How do you spell your last name? A-B-L-E-M-A-N. Abelman. A I lot of the I, like the... I like the symbolism. I'm Abelman. <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> dope. Um, a lot of the... the viral video content that i've been putting out has been with forest nation and um and also you know i've been with unesco uh working with the unesco the united nations education science initiative um and then Pachas Pajamas, I was mentioning, check check out PachasPajamas.com. Amazon? Can they Amazon for sure, yes. Get your copy. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's going to be more books coming out and um, more and more content, you know, more and more awesome, fresh content for the movement. All right, beautiful, man. All right. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you again for coming on and thank you for listening, everybody. Signing off.